going to love our topic and guest today, where we talk about all things delivery. In this month's episode, we'll be discussing the role of delivery in building relationships based on trust and integrity. And our guest is certainly no stranger to this month's topic. After a promising career as a professional rugby player, Craig West hung up his boots and rejoined his former employer. He is now Executive General Manager Transport at Downer New Zealand. Craig is passionate about developing strong career pathways and has been championing delivery from a very early age. And he believes that communities are at the heart of everything we do. My first job for Downer was actually, I was a lawnmower operator. I've ended up here as the EGM currently. Some of the challenges I faced through rugby and injuries taught me real resilience. My parents really instilled to me that your word is your bond and what you say you deliver on. Delivery relates to integrity, that you deliver on your promises. Delivery is what creates the trust, it's what creates the relationships. He will talk about his time with the Chiefs and the Maori All Blacks, the reasons that led him to leave his sporting career, the transferable skills he brought with him, his involvement with leadership programs for Maori employees, and the legacy that he wishes to leave behind. I hope that you enjoy this chat. Hello and welcome to Share, Learn, Connect. I am Georgia Lutby and I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the various lands on which we meet today. Downer employs people across more than 300 sites, primarily in Australia and New Zealand, but also in the Asia Pacific region, South America and Africa. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging and recognise and celebrate the diversity of First Peoples across all of the various land, their ongoing cultures and connections to land, sea and community. Welcome. Thank you so much, Craig, for your time today. First of all, I would love to know a little bit about you. Who is Craig at work and who is Craig outside of work? Uh, kia ora tātou. Uh, ko Prangia te maunga, ko Waipa te awa, ko Tainui te waka, ko Waikato te iwi, ko Ngāti Apakura te hapu, ko Kahatia te marae, ko Craig West toko ingoa. So kia ora everybody. My name's Craig West and I just briefly touched on there into my Maunga or my mountain is Prongia. My awa or my river uh, is Waipa. My iwi is Waikato. My hapu is Ngāti Apakura. And I am Craig West. So my current role at Downer is uh, the Executive General Manager for Transport. So I lead our transport sector across New Zealand and the Pacific. Outside of that, I'm a father of three. I'm also the current chair of Ngākaitiaki o Te Arafānaki, which is the Māori Leadership Advisory Board, uh, which oversees all of our programs and how we recognise tangata whenua here in New Zealand as well. So today we're going to be talking about delivery. At Downer, delivery is defined as we build trust by delivering on our promises with excellence while focusing on safety, value for money and efficiency. What does delivery mean to you? Delivery is one of our core pillars, but it is a piece that relies heavily on trust. You know, we're trusted by our clients, our customers and all of our partners to deliver. They bring us in to do a specific task and for us to deliver on those. So for me, delivery is the center of the relationships. As a young person growing up, that was really important to my parents and they really instilled to me that your word is your bond, what you say you deliver on. And that's still really important to me. That level of trust and certainty that you could be relied on is really important. For me, without the delivery element, we don't get the opportunity to do the other things. Safety and delivery are our core fundamentals. They allow us to have good relationships and thought leadership. My view of delivery has changed significantly, actually. I probably underestimated the importance of delivery in my earlier days. You're only as good as your last job or your last project, and I think that's really important for us 
delivery is what creates the trust, it's what creates the relationships, and it takes years to build that track record and the trust, and that can be destroyed really quickly. And I think a part of delivery really is about trying your best and sometimes you don't deliver. Has that been your experience over time? Yeah, I think we learn just as much from our tough times as we do from our successes. You could look at them as failures or you could look at them as learning. I would consider failure as if we repeat the things over and over again. If we learn from it, we make sure we don't repeat those mistakes and we're stronger in the future. I don't really think that's a failure. I'd love to start right at the beginning for you, Craig. Can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing? So I grew up in a little town called Tomara in the centre of the North Island of New Zealand. It was a small rural town, rural upbringing, lots of sort of outdoors lifestyle, hunting, fishing. My father was in civil engineering as well and actually worked for Downer. So I grew up around the business. And when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? What was your lifelong aspiration? Were you a dreamer? What did you want to do? When I finished school, I actually wanted to be a sports psychologist, but I probably did too much sports to be a sports psychologist. I actually went and did my civil engineering after school. Can you explain to our listeners who may not be familiar with it, what the culture around rugby is like in New Zealand? Oh, it's a pretty phenomenal culture. It was certainly predominantly the largest played sport and kind of created that culture of drive to succeed. And the All Blacks had a huge following over there. But I think there's much more broader sports, especially for kids to play now. But at the time, it was certainly probably the national sport of New Zealand. You watched rugby as a child growing up. At what point did you decide that this might become a career rather than just something that you do for fun? It was probably post-school when I made the New Zealand Under-21 team. I enjoyed the teamwork, the camaraderie and the morale and the friends you built through the environment. And then you start to get exposed to more high-performance environments. And they can be quite challenging, but actually really empowering as well. Delivery is a really big part of playing sport. Can you talk about what delivery meant for you when you were playing? When I was playing, it was about consistency, if that makes sense. The ability to deliver consistently and perform consistently. You needed to perform every time, whether it was at a training, because you were being essentially judged or assessed in terms of your performance and progress. Delivery for me was about continually learning, continually getting better. What it enabled me to do was actually really plan much more for the future in terms of what you wanted to achieve through that delivery, rather than actually letting it steer itself. You needed to take the bull by the horns, you could say, and actually drive the things you wanted to achieve. You mentioned about being continually judged and people assessing your performance. And I'm sure there's many people on the sidelines who are experts in how you should have, could have, and would have played. How did you go with that sort of pressure? Once I started to play in teams that all of our matches were televised, whether it was through Waikato or the Chiefs or other games, and it took me a little bit of time to get used to the criticism that you could get at times. There's an example that stands out in my mind of being in the supermarket one day, and it was actually the year we won the competition for Waikato, but standing in the line at the supermarket, and then just an old lady behind me just looked at me and went, you guys didn't play very well last night. And I was just like, well, thank you took a little bit of time to just be able to get used to shaking those things off. You've actually got to be able to take people's feedback that you value and you've got to be able to park some of those things and say, well, actually, I can't control that. When you're playing as a part of a team in a team sport, how much influence do you have? Yeah, I think you have a huge influence. It's the same in work. You have an influence around performance of not just yourself, but of others, about the standards you set, the standards you accept, setting people up for success, making sure that actually you create the right culture and you create the right environment for people to thrive. You talked about earlier about when you won the season. What was that like? 
yeah, it's pretty good, really, I suppose. You can actually take a bit of pride in some of those achievements. But the thing that stand out for me is you reflect and say, well, actually, what made it a success? And a lot of it is the team, the camaraderie, the environment, and all of those things have such an impact in terms of performance. Playing for the Māori All Blacks or the New Zealand Māoris, that was a really special time. And I think the heritage and the whakapapa that they and, and the culture of that team's just so different to any other team I've ever been in. And why did that mean so much to you? I think the fact that the history is such a proud history for Māori, that's such a special team. Not everybody gets the opportunity to be part of. The fact that you're carrying your family tradition, your whakapapa, and there's as much focus goes into the culture, the tikanga, the learning about you and who you are and where you come from, and your family, your whānau history, and carrying that with you, that it just is so empowering. How important is it to you that you carry that family history with you and that you pass that down to your family? I didn't grow up in Te Ao Māori or in the Māori world, but over my time I've learned more and more about my whakapapa and it does really shape me and who I am. It's broadened my horizon, it's widened my thinking. I look back at the history of what people have done and some of the challenges that have been created and how things have been shaped now to today and to the future. And We can't change the past, but we can change the future. And what was it in your professional rugby career that ended it for you? I actually worked for Downer before I became a full-time professional and then I left and did that for a few years and then I suffered a career-ending injury one day while I was playing and I actually separated my pelvis. That was a really challenging time emotionally and mentally for me as well as physically. So I went from my full-time job, my full day was training physically rugby to never to play again and struggle to do simple things like roll out of bed. So that was quite tough for me. I had the opportunity to go into coaching full-time and I just made the decision to step away from rugby and come back to Downer actually. And that was based on the fact that at the time I didn't want to be a coach. I still wanted to be playing and I couldn't couldn't play so I stepped away and that really helped me improve my well-being my mental well-being my focus my journey at Downers sort of started again from that. When you were playing I imagine you had many highs of wins and there were probably some lows of losses I imagine how did you go with those? Probably the ones that stand out, not just in terms of losses, in terms of teams and the games, but also the challenges you face around performance or if you've lost form or trying to come back from injuries and some of those challenges. And I think how you create that environment, we become solely focused on improving. We can actually say, I'm going to improve and I'm going to learn and I'm going to make these things better. That was probably a big one for me. And it took me a long time to get an understanding of how I reflected and reviewed performance and losses and took the feedback in a constructive manner. An important part for me is actually picking the key things that I could focus on to improve on rather than trying to fix everything. And what was it like walking back through the doors of Downer after that leave of absence? A lot of the people at Downer didn't know me as having worked for Downer beforehand. Some did, and I was welcomed back very well. Some that didn't know me kind of went, well, here's this rugby player. What's he doing coming to work for us? That was a bit of a challenge and quite nerve-wracking at times to come back and go, well, actually, I'm going to relearn all of these things and I'm going to take the learnings from my rugby career into what I do and the environment I create. One of the first things I'll do, and most of the times as I travel around the country, is I'll spend the first part of the morning actually walking around the office and talking to people to understand what their challenges are and how things are going for them as well. The little things that I like to do that I actually believe are really important for creating the right environment. 
it just goes back to that standard of everybody's role is important. Everybody has value to add to the organisation and to the team. It sounded like you almost went through a reinvention of yourself walking back through those doors. How do you reinvent yourself from Craig as the rugby player to Craig as the employee? First and foremost, I am me. And I think once you can become comfortable in terms of who you are and find your place of strength or your tūranga waiwai about where you stand and how you stand and hold yourself is quite important. I think that's really important as people go through different roles across the business because at the end of the day I perform a role and I hold a position in the organisation but I'm still me and I think it's really important that you know yourself first and foremost and be comfortable with yourself because I don't know anyone that's succeeded in trying to be someone else. What skills do you find to be most transferable between being a sportsman and being a leader? The focus on people, the focus on teamwork, the ability to continue to look forward about continuous improvement, shifting your mindset to actually doing or achieving things yourself to achieving success through people. I think that's an important part of coaching a sport as well, how you actually can break things down and focus on empowering people to improve. How has rugby shaped the professional that you are today? And what lessons have you learned from that experience? Rugby and team sports have really helped shape me in a number of ways. I think understanding the value of teamwork has been a big part of that. Some of the challenges I've faced through rugby and injuries taught me real resilience. Never be too big or too small to do things that need to be done. It's the little things that matter. You know, once you've played, you actually turn your jersey in the right way out. You don't just screw it up in a heap, but take it off, you turn it in the right way, you put it in the pile, and it's a respect thing. You talked about being your authentic self and about the importance of not taking on what other people might be doing or what works for them won't necessarily work for you and vice versa. Have you always been your authentic self, do you think, in your career? No, no, I don't think so. It's certainly been a lesson for me that, yes, you develop your skills and you pick up things from other people, and whether it's formal education or training programs, but you've got to apply it in a way that you are comfortable with and you've got to apply it in your style to actually be really successful. We talked earlier about the importance of bringing our authentic selves to work. As a leader, what does diversity and inclusion or inclusivity of people bringing their authentic selves look like and feel like as a leader? Diversity and inclusion comes as acceptance, the fact that everybody is accepted for who they are and what they bring. I want our organisation to be a great reflection of society. We've made some huge improvements in that space, and I think we've still got a fair way to go, but it's about acceptance, it's about understanding, being brave enough to try things and embrace new things is really important to that. Parts of our organisation have always had a high percentage of Māori in our workforce, but in reality, they weren't well represented in all levels of leadership through our business. I would say that in terms of te ao Māori and tikana, te reo, we, we probably weren't accepting of. This is not just the organisation at the time, this was New Zealand, unfortunately that was where we were at. I don't really believe we were probably diverse in mindset in terms of about creating equal opportunities for everybody. What do you think impacted that journey? I think leaders being brave enough to make a change is probably one of the things that's really driven that. It's created momentum and it's created acceptance that's influenced the fabric of down in New Zealand. We have Nakaitiaki to Arafanaki, which is obviously our Māori leadership board, which has really been a real driver in that. You know, we've had a number of standout individuals that have driven that. You know, the fact we have a Komatua, formerly appointed our Komatua, Gabe Moana, you know, and he's been really critical in actually guiding us around Tikana, how we apply those things in our environment. 
you know, we have a number of Māori leadership programs. The majority of our, well, I think all of our exec have been on them. There's an acceptance and an understanding that to encourage people to perform and excel, we've got to create the right environment. And I think our open-mindedness, acceptance of diversity of individuals, groups, peoples, cultures, actually adds real value to the business. On the rugby field, what is the importance of having a diverse variety of players on the team? Everybody has a role to play in the performance of the team, whether that's physical contributions, whether it's understanding of the game in terms of your game plan, your preparation. I think it's acceptance that everybody has a role to play and that those roles are different. And I understand that there's a day that's very important in the Māori calendar in February. Can you tell me a little bit about what that day is? It'd be Waitangi Day, the day that the uh, Treaty of Waitangi was signed. We do celebrate that, and the way that is celebrated and recognised has changed over the years as well, but it reflects back on the principles of the partnership, the principles of the treaty, and actually how we go about rectifying the wrongs of our history as well. Being an international business, and some of our listeners may not be as familiar as those from New Zealand, can you tell us what are the principles of Waitangi Day? Fundamentally, if you were to pull it back to the three principles of the three Ps, it's around partnership, protection and participation. They cover different elements and they mean different things slightly to both Māori and in terms of the Te Ao Māori, the Te Reo version as well as the English version. And what we do through one of our programs called Te Ao Maramatanga is actually explain the two different versions and what it did for non-Māori and what it did for Māori. And we talk about that journey in a number of ways about economic, wealth, social. For a while, that gap actually widened rather than closed. The difference of interpretation has created some real challenges over the years for both Māori and non-Māori. We need to understand what happened and what we right or wrong but also we look at well what do we do with that now going forward so it is about us now creating that environment because it's better for our people it's better for our whanau it's better for our business and it's actually better for for New Zealand. Absolutely when I was reading about you a little bit Craig I saw a quote that you did I think for the New Zealand Herald that said we don't stop to think about what we have achieved often how often do you stop to think about what you've achieved? Probably not very often at all some days. I think it does go back to one of our challenges, actually, and I think we're not good at recognising and rewarding some of that great things because we are so focused on the next step through the professional sports. You get that balance really well. If you played on a Saturday, Monday, you would spend reviewing your performance, and then Tuesday through to Saturday, you prepare for your next performance, whereas I think in business we probably spend a lot of time looking back and not enough time looking forward. I mean, I think that we used to call it review and preview, and I don't necessarily think we get that balance right at times. I wanted to finish off by asking you, what's your proudest thing that you have delivered over your life? That's probably a hard one. I, I look back at a number of things with some real pride. I, I see my kids growing up with a real attitude to giving anything a go. They make me proud very often. From a sporting perspective, I look back at a number of singular events that make you really proud. For us here in New Zealand, something that's quite important for sporting people that are close to rugby was winning the Ranfilly Shield. I think it's New Zealand's oldest trophies that's been in the game and actually winning that or making the Māori All Blacks. Those things, they make you really proud. But I think one of the things that probably makes me the most proudest is actually Nā Kaitiaki or Te Arafanaki because I think it's changed the fabric of Downer here in New Zealand. I think it's broadened people's horizons. It's been a real cornerstone to driving our diversity and inclusion. 
and our whole approach to that, the opportunities it's created for people and seeing our people thrive and succeed and empowering them to be them, be their authentic self. What does legacy mean to you? Legacy is an important thing for me. Have you left a positive legacy on a team or on an organisation? You want to leave things in a better place than when you took over or when you joined. Legacy is probably one of the most important things for me and it drives me internally about creating that legacy of we've created amazing outcomes, whether those outcomes are for our clients or for our whanau, our communities that we live in as well. What would you love for your legacy to be? I'd like to think that I've had a role in shaping the business for the future. Also that I've played a role in developing people and growing career opportunities and pathways for people that I was connected across the business and understood the DNA of how we operate as a business. And I think that's a really important part for me is that you actually understand the business and are connected to people that make a difference to this business. I understand that there's a Maori proverb, which translated to English says, success is not the work of one, but of many. How does that relate to your career? There is a whakatauki that that states that. What that says for me is that no matter what your role is, no matter who you are, you can't succeed without the help and support of others. And I think a team that is well-connected, that understands each other, is prepared to help each other, will always outperform a team of stars that don't. So I think creating that environment where people are prepared to help, prepared to support each other, but also that people are prepared to recognise that help and support from others and accept it. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you, Craig, and thank you very much for finding the time to have a chat to us. I hope that you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Craig as much as I enjoyed recording it. I loved hearing his story about his resilience as he moved from his professional rugby career into his role at Downer and about how he sees the benefits and the experiences of the collective and the impacts that that has on the success of a team. Most importantly, I loved him sharing his story about the importance of the little things that make the big differences just to make sure that you make everyone feel valued within the team. Thank you for listening. And before we finish up, I would like to take the time to acknowledge the Yagura people, the traditional custodians of the land where this episode has been recorded. Make sure you tune into next month where I speak to a brand new guest about a brand new topic as we continue to share, learn, connect. This podcast is now available on your favourite podcast app. Please share it with your friends and make sure to subscribe. And what that means is that you will get our episodes as soon as they drop. Our producers are Darby Martinelli and Melanie Blows, and I'm Georgia Lutby. Thank you for listening.